Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Denise, and this is the Embrace Your Neurostyle and Beyond series. I am honored to have Tom Masari here today. He's co-author of The Art of Reclaiming Your Intention and Power, according to Abram, and author of Conversations with an Alien. He is a well-respected veteran sleep medium of more than 50 years. Along with Abram, he has held thousands of public and private sessions, including workshops, seminars, and classes in the U.S. and internationally. Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm honored to be with you. Oh, my goodness. So I am so reverent and excited to have you here. I feel like I need to let everyone know my my neurostyle process and sensory perception is usually that I I oftentimes don't know the guests so well or I just am inspired and then I kind of tune in. I have a unique confession everyone. I was scrolling <laughs> through Instagram and I heard one sentence one sentence that Tom Masari <laughs> said in another interview. And my own sensory perception was, I know this man. (laughs) So, so Tom, I've never in my entire life had an interview where I met someone in that unique way. So maybe, maybe just even that process of when we have clear knowing and sensory perception, do you want to just weigh in on that since you're an expert? Should we just go straight to like the masterclass of the aha moment of that? Well, I'm not an expert, but I've seen that happen a lot of times. It's happened to me a few times, too. And when you got a hold of me to schedule your session with Abram, I kept telling Sue, my wife, something's going on here because I'm excited to do this with her, and I don't know why. So, you know, probably... We knew each other somewhere at some point in time, at some place. But, you know, hey, it all works out the way it's supposed to work out. Well, I love that we're starting with this aha moment, and we'll go to more linear. But I want want to weigh in on that, what you just said, that we may or may not have known each other, and just really define the embrace your neuro style and beyond concept, that all of us as sentient beings that we all process and perceive information in our own unique way. And it's multidimensional. And I'm talking, you know, in this kind of context in the earth realm of the five, the fabulous five biological, psychological, social, cultural, spiritual, and then six sense intuition. And then there's the and beyond. So we can leave it to further discussion. So it might be incredible if you and I could travel back in time yeah. sensory perception, but by the way, there is allegedly no thing as time, but like yeah. demarcations of events of your sensory perception, maybe going back greater than 50 years ago, let us all know your journey of evolving into your own awarenesses of your sensory perception as a channel. Yeah. Um, it, well, 
1972 that would be fun to go back in time and, and see what we can uncover oh. or discover. I think that I'm already fun. seeing a little fun little movie, but go ahead. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> We're now going back to 1972, everyone. In your okay. mind. Go. In 1972, I was, first of all, I was born and raised in Chicago, but in 1972, I was in a band, moved to uh, Los Angeles, California, and I played drums in the band. And I was going out with a girl who had three sons, and in one of the bedrooms, whenever I went into the bedroom, I would always feel like someone was with me, but I could never see anybody. So I figured, well, there's a ghost in this room. So one night we had a friend visiting us and I said, let's go in this bedroom and see if we can communicate with the ghost. And of course, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. So we walked into the bedroom and we all felt chills and the classic ghost feelings and started asking questions. Who are you? How did you die? What are you doing here? And I started getting answers. I didn't hear anything with my ears, but the answers were like inside of me. So someone would ask a question. I would say, okay, this is what I'm getting. And I would give the answer. And then about a half hour after doing that, we all kind of started feeling a little nauseous and heaviness on our chest, which are some of the classic ghost feelings that you get once in a while when there's a presence that you don't understand. So I said, let's leave. So my girlfriend and our friend went into the front room to relax. I went into the kitchen, I guess to get a, a glass of water. And on my way to the front room, and being from Chicago, the living room is always called the front room. On my way to the front room, I was stopped. I couldn't move. And I said, something is happening. Watch me make sure I'll, I'm going to be okay. So I started reciting Shakespeare. And for a few minutes, I would be this, this British actor reciting Shakespeare. And for a few minutes, I would snap back to being Tom. And this went on for a little over three hours, back and forth like that, which actually left me in bed for two weeks. I was so drained of my energy after that, I had to have friends come over and take care of me. So wow. that was my first, yeah, that was my first episode with um, what's called channeling. I have a question. In that sure. moment of the time when you were reciting Shakespeare, who was there with you? There was my girlfriend and a friend of ours. Okay. So just, just the three of us and just, you know, Shakespeare personality. And how did they respond in real time when this well, was Well, their happening? jaws were on the floor. I mean, they didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what was happening. You know, and if at the time, if you would have said channeling to me or mediumship, I would probably have said, oh, yeah, you're talking like, you know, a Bella Lugosi movie or something, right? Right. You know, I mean, my whole life was music. And my whole life was playing drums until this happened. And everything How old changed. Were you? Uh, what was I? I was born in 48. This is 72. So what would I have been? 24 years old, maybe somewhere around there. Okay. I can't do the math, you know, while we're talking. No, no, but no, somewhere around good. 24. No, but yeah. this is really kind of, and this was in LA, correct? This was in LA. Yeah. Well, actually, Simi Valley. Okay. Okay. 
So you were then very fatigued because yeah. the energy it took to receive and transmit because yeah. everything's energy that remember we all process and perceive our environment in our own unique way. And that's, we're all energy experiencing. Yeah. So you were experiencing this and then your friends witnessed this and yeah. then you were fatigued. Yeah. So what happened next was a short time later, I moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin and met a hypnotist from the Wisconsin Professional Hypnotist Society. And I told him the story and he said, let's do hypnosis on you and see what we can uncover. Because this personality gave the name when he was reciting Shakespeare, he gave us a name. So we did the, the thing with hypnosis and Afterwards, I figured, okay, if, if this is real, this is okay because it didn't scare me. If I'm crazy, I'll go ahead and get some help and maybe I'll be okay. But if this is real, I should, remembering this person's name, I should look him up in a, a library book and find him, which I did. Went to the library book and I researched this guy's name and found him. And he was in the late 1700s in England. And he was a Shakespearean actor in a theater troupe that performed outside of the theater for people waiting to get in to see the main performance. Wow. What so was that, the name of the individual? He said his name was John Rolfs. Okay. So I looked him up and I found him and that told me it was real. So I figured, okay, if it's going to happen again, whatever this is, I'll let it happen and, and see where it goes. And, you know, it's going on 50, 50 years later. So what kind of validation did that give for you? And then what were your next steps at that time after having the hypnotist? So it sounds like you had people there. They witnessed what you were doing, like what you were receiving. Then you were yeah. able to go and verify. And back in that time, we didn't have the internet. So you yeah. were on a huge, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, like dun, 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 what is going on? But really yeah. taking, I'd like to say you really used, I would say the scientific method of experiencing something, questioning, asking, and getting more data. Yeah. Yeah. A short time after, um, I started channeling Abram. And when I started, you know, like anybody else would do, I kept thinking, okay, is this real or my imagination, you know? So I let myself be tested. And this was when I went back to uh, Los Angeles after being in Milwaukee for uh, a couple of years, I let myself be tested by doctors, ministers, psychiatrists, psychologists, MDs. And after they got done testing me, they all said, this is real. This is not a part of your psyche, not a part of your personality. This is real. This is something outside of you. So, and then. Wait, can I just do a really big statement? After pause? that, it Tom. took me a, the hardest part of channeling. I tell everybody the hardest part of channeling is to get your ego out of the way so the information can come through 
and you're not influencing it with, with your conscious mind. It took, since I had nobody to talk to, because at the time there were only a few of us in LA doing this, I had to figure this out for myself. It took me eight years to learn how to get out of the way so Abram can come through and, or whatever he does, and deliver the information without me getting in the way and influencing it at all. Wow. That's a long time. Eight years was a long time. Yes. Wow. Okay. So I'm just traveling and thinking at that time in your own process of awareness. And I have a term called our own unique I am awarenesses about our nerves. So at the time you were doing scientific method, you were learning about ego, you were learning about what parts are, who's Tom, what part is, you know, Abram. And I want to let you know, one of my reasons I came up with embrace your neuro style and beyond as um, I'm, I would say now at this point as, during our interview, Tom, I'm now saying, and I haven't formally written this anywhere, but I'm going to say it in this interview, that I practice universe medicine. And what that means to me is that I integrate all the different parts of knowledge and wisdom and sensory perception. And the reason why I like embrace your neurostyle and beyond is that as a psychiatrist, you know, I have people that I've assessed that are hearing what's called hallucinations or might they have bipolar or schizophrenia. But then I, in 2011, was approached by someone that's a practicing medium and my own sister was already blessed with intuition and we, our family is, but I hadn't been formally trained about this. And yeah. so I went on my own journey of staying in the moment of now, because I didn't want to, if someone has in the Western medicine, I'm trained as an adult and child integrative psychiatrist or the Western MD credential. But my now understanding is that sensory perception is so and beyond it's important for you to know, I went on my own process of going to different medium events, psychic events. I went and trained in remote mewing. I met with a quantum physicist. I, so I put to this together and much like your, gosh, it's interesting. So 2011, it's greater than eight years. I mean, for me, it's almost, wow, it's 12 years ago, right? I went on my own voyage of let's call it being consciousness explorers because I didn't want to diagnose. I wanted to understand feeling statements, stay and do the Western MD part of it, but be open-minded that people have different levels of neurostyle and sensory perception. And there are people that I know that are gifted mediums and channels that still have ADHD or they might have mood symptoms, but that it's all encompassing. It doesn't have to mean because your sensory perception is one way, you can label it with more neutral terms. So I just wanted to like kind of join in with you. So you were at the eight year mark and it took a while yeah. for you to learn about ego, learn about this during that eight years. What are some of the experiences you did to kind of be able to get, you know, get away from the ego? What did you do to, to learn about that? Um, I just started practicing whenever I felt like I was going to channel. What I did was I, I sit in a chair and relax. And I imagined a funnel in front of my face with the wide mouth toward my face and, and the small end pointing away. And I would just imagine 
that I was taking all of my emotions and everything that happened that day, and I was floating through the um, the wide mouth of the funnel, coming out of the small end of the funnel. That was that was one of the ways that I started practicing getting out of the way. And then when I reached the small end of the funnel, then Abram would start talking. But another thing I did was when I was in LA, when I started with Abram, I met a prominent doctor who was treating a patient with the girl either had multiple sclerosis or um, muscular dystrophy. I can't remember which one but he was telling Abram that he was not getting results with his treatment. And Abram started telling him things to do. And I started thinking, I hope this guy knows what he's talking about because I don't want to have this doctor come back and sue me if he doesn't get results or bad results. And this went on for a couple of months. And I kept thinking, man, I don't know about this. You know, I'm not, I hope this guy Abram knows what he's talking about. The doctor came back one session and he said to Abram, he said, well, I tried what you told me and it's working. I'm getting results. So that was actually the point at which I trusted Abram and what he had to say. From that point on, it was just a matter of practicing, relaxing enough to come to a state of non-emotion. Wow. And it, you know, it took me a long time to figure it out. But since I had nobody to talk to, I had to figure all of this out by myself, which is yeah. probably the best way to do it. Yes. And I feel like that's a great piece of advice. And what I did, um, and this kind of might segue in, um, I want to hear, there's so much more about your journey, but when you just said that figuring things out yourself, we yeah. all access things in our own unique way and, 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 Prior to this meeting, I'm holding in my hand right now as we speak with, by the way, I have candles lit, everyone. I was so excited to meet with Tom. <laughs> but the way I understand the universe is that energy is all around us. It's within us. It's what our imagination allows. So I'm yeah. holding the book, The Art of Reclaiming Your Intention and Power, according to Abram, The Mayan Shaman by Tom and Sue Masari. So yeah. in sacred reverence of this interview, I even carried your book with me yesterday and what I call a moving altar and my little love all kind bag. And then I went outside um, right before we were recording and I opened up the book and I, this is what I've done. Everyone, when I was giving a lecture to go to India, I did this with Darwin's work. I held Darwin's work and I said, Darwin, what do you want me to include in my talk to India about nurturing children's mental health. So I've been doing that when I get asked to do things. It's really fun for me. And by the way, everyone, if this is not where you're at in your sensory perception, don't do it. But I have your book here, yours and Sue's and Abram's. And I went outside and I said, well, what would Abram really want me to get into this interview today? So I just ask a question and then I open up the book like someone might do if they're doing angel cards or tarot cards. So it opened up to... And this is why I'm reading this because it's exactly what you just said, Tom. Just the page, it's page 147. How do I let things be? You know what you want to do with your life. 
You know what you want to have for your life, in your life, and for yourself. You know it. Bring the energy to you in the present moment in time. Not tomorrow, not in three weeks, or two months, or 10 years from now, but now. Bring the energy to you now. Feel it now. Act as if you have it. You will create it. You will also create things that might not be that good for you. And if you do, and when you do, then ask yourself, how is it serving you? Because everything serves you in one way or another. Everything will serve you. There's more, but I just thought that this was a great piece of advice. Yeah, yeah, I think it is too. I want to say something else really important, so I'm not going to read all of it. But there's on the absolute page 148, the ending of what I decided to end with was everything begins in your imagination. So imagine it. So I just feel like this idea of getting ego out of the way and how do we pay attention to our own perception, our own I am awareness in the moment and now what we want to create. I feel like so much of you as Tom Masari, then Abram the channel and what you and Sue are doing has to do with getting ego out of the way, then a devotion to creativity. And then I'll let you speak and just respond to that. Yeah. Um, Sue is a medium, very good medium. We dated for a couple of months in Milwaukee and then we went our separate ways. And 34 years later, I was living in Arizona and um, my phone rang. And I saw it was a 904 area code, which is Florida area code. And I almost didn't answer it because I didn't recognize the area code. But I thought, well, I'll answer and see who it is. So it was her on the other end. And, oh, my God, who are you? Oh, my God, what are you doing? And she came out to visit me for a four-day weekend and stayed five months. Wow. So, yeah. So we we have been working together and working with Abram on these projects and uh, videos that we have on YouTube and things like that. And we have become a three-way team. So a lot of times, if she's doing a reading for someone, she'll send that client to Abram. A lot of times, Abram will send who he's doing a private for to Sue for a reading. So it's a lot of times it's a back and forth thing. But it seems like the center point of it all is Abram. Does that make sense? It does to me. Yeah, I'm listening to it from my sensory perception. But then I'm also listening to it as though there's an audience listening and yeah. I'm imagining someone in the audience raising their hand and saying, Tom, can you please describe the difference between a channel, a difference between a medium? Help us out here with some sensory perception definitions. Yeah. When I first started channeling in, in L.A., as there were only a few of us channeling, we were all called mediums. Everybody was a medium. You had either mediums or psychics, period. That was it. Then someone came along with the bright idea to call mediums channeling and separate the mediums from the channels. So that's how I became a channel and all these other people became a channel and mediums stood or stayed mediums. Okay. I, I, 
I like to refer to myself as a sleep medium because it's basically what I do. I kind of go into a sleep-like state and then Abram comes and he's able to talk or bring through the information, whatever. So since you just talked about the sleep medium, I am... I want to just really elevate and celebrate people being on their own scientific journey, their own sensory perception. And this segues back. I know we'd get to it. The way I met you is I heard you say one sentence. You were actually the one sentence you said on this interview was that pretty soon it'll be known. There'll be more about the ETs that are in Antarctica and the way you said it it wasn't even about the ETs or Antarctica. It was my own sensory perception of clear knowing. And yeah. I went on my own scientific path. I hadn't gotten my own Akashic record reading or something. I was told before, Denise, you, you, you're on this mastery level. Just go out and show the world. But I like scientific method. So when I heard your voice, I, I booked everyone. I booked a session with Abram before I ever met and spoke to Tom. And when Tom came on the Zoom link, if you ever anyone works with Tom, you say hello to Tom. He explains the process of how he's going to get ego out of the way. And then Abram comes in. So I want to say I've I've experienced a session with Abram and seeing Tom at the beginning of the interview explain it. Tom did very astutely say, well, how did you meet me? And I said, I heard your voice one time, but I explained to Tom that I was in a huge um, growth spurt of watershed moments of interviewing people on this show, like Wendy Kennedy and uh, who works with the Pleiadians and the other beings. And I just am really pushing the envelope of what I already know in the universe by attracting the energy of humans and souls like yourself. So you go, okay, very well. So Tom Masari awake as Tom all says, it's going to just take a minute and Abram will come. So what happens or happened for my sensory perception with Tom and Abram is that Tom's there, his eyes are shut, and then a different voice um, energy channel comes and it was Abram. And I'm going to leave like more of what Abram and I spoke about for another time. But I just wanted to kind of give people the idea if you're working with a sleep medium and what I perceived or what I had with Tom, it was very... um, spot on. And, and the whole idea of, do I know Tom? Abram did say to me that Abram and I, by the way, this, I'm going to use the word alleged. I'm going to say it two more times. Alleged, one more time, (laughs) alleged, because I want everyone to know that when we're discussing energy, perceptions, feelings, that we're all at our unique neuro style sensory perception. So Abram told me in that meeting that uh, he and I, or that being and I shared another lifetime as Mayan healers. So on my journey of greater awareness in the universe and meeting Tom, meeting Abram, um, I have now experienced Abram, but now I want to piggy loop infinity back to you, Tom, being a sleep medium and working with Abram for 50 years. Can you give everyone a window into who you are in the world of, parapsychology, everything in the metaphysical field. I know you're very humble, but I feel like your scientific method and the way you were working and have been and continue to work with Abram 
Ansu is very reverent. It's very sacred and it's very coveted. Yeah. First of all, I'm from Chicago. I still have my Chicago attitude. If any Chicago people are listening, they'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, uh, when I started channeling, people were treating me differently. And I started to recognize that. And I told them, I said, look, I said, I'm Tom. I will always be Tom. Don't treat me like I'm something special because I'm not. And Abram told people, do not look at me like I am a God because I am not. I am on a level with you. So everything is balanced. Everyone is on the same level with variations. Uh, and everything works together for everyone's highest good. This is what Abram does. He when he does privates for people, he gets to issues that people maybe either don't know are going on or having a hard time dealing with. And in a very, usually in a very gentle way, he'll, and sometimes a sneaky way, he'll get the people to see what their issue is as being a friend to them instead of an enemy to them. And he'll approach it in that way and have the person begin looking at their issues, if they have issues, with a different outlook instead of, well, this is a bad thing that's happening to me. They'll start looking at it as, this is good, because now Abram is helping me to learn something else about myself that I didn't realize before. So now I can start being more than what I used to be. So I think I think basically that that's how he deals with people. He gets people out of their present, whatever they're in, and gets them into possibilities of what and how and who they can be. And I think that's the most important thing. It's just like what you're saying. You know, what can I be instead of, well, this is who I am. But again, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm old enough to know better, but I'm still a kid from Chicago and I'll always be a kid from Chicago with the Chicago attitude. I but have Chandler a question. Just, sure. What was your favorite sports team from Chicago? Come on. Did you have one? Come on. I'm from Schaumburg, Illinois. And in our yeah, home, so didn't you it love was the Chicago Cubs. Cubs. The Cubbies, but no, some people in my own family, my dad's side of the family um, was all about like the Cubs and my mom's loved the White Sox. And yeah, so, yeah. and then we liked the Bears, the Bulls, but you know, when you're from Chicago or the suburbs of Chicago, it's usually a, what you see is what you get. It's very linear. It's really, yeah. there's not all this extra stuff that you might, there's no real grandiosity. It's like, yeah. you just show up. So yeah. I feel like it's interesting and I like the way you're saying I'm Tom, I'm from Chicago. And then there's this sensory perception neuro style being the channel. Now, if we can universe switch to the discussion of what happened, I'm not going to go to all of it, but it's interesting because in the very beginning, when I initially met Abram, he said he was from Pleiades. And it's so interesting for me as a scientist and a doctor, I'm well taking scientific method, scientific method that at the same time epoch, I had just interviewed Wendy Kennedy 
And the way I attracted Wendy is the same thing I saw her on social media and all of her statements that she's channeling are ones I talk about, like moments of now, awareness, self-love, you know, different things in the universe. And then I was told in an Akashic record reading that I'm allegedly a lot of stardust DNA from Pleiades. By the way, everyone, I know I can pinch myself and I'm Denise, I'm Dr. Denise. So these are sensory perception discussions of these possibilities of other lifetimes and reincarnation. So I feel like if someone's just listening to you and I for the first time, it's nice to have an organized way of talking about it. So when what's your understanding of Abram, his relationship to Pleiades, his the book, The Art of Reclaiming Your Intention and Power, Abram, the Mayan shaman? Can you give us a little window into your understanding of Abram? My understanding of Abram, first of all, he claims to have had three physical lives, one on Atlantis, um, one during the time of Jesus, and one as the Mayan shaman. The way I understand him is that he is separate from me, but always available to me when or if I need him whether it be doing a private session for someone or one of our privates that Sue and I do for ourselves or for our dog, Jack, to check in on our dog's health and see how he's doing or our health. So I understand him as being something more than what he seems to be. And from listening to him talking to people and listening back to our little private sessions that Sue and I have. I think that's his purpose is to get people to understand what they can be instead of what they are. And that they're a lot more than what they perceive themselves as being. And again, it goes back to perception. What do you perceive about yourself and your reality? Is it all real or is it all an illusion? He teaches that everything is an illusion. Everything is an illusion because everything is a possibility. Well, I love the semantics of illusion. And I feel like at some point that would be its own masterclass discussion. So I want to, in my own mind, sensory perception, neurostyle, illusion, creativity, imagination. So when we say words, they carry a vibe, words, thoughts, and actions carry a vibrational frequency. And in reading the art of reclaiming your intention and power, according to Abram. And also we, we're going to talk about the other amazing book in, in a little bit. It's really, for me, everything that you and Sue have done in that book with Abram, and then my own experience of having a session with Abram, and then my other off show, off show discussions with you and Sue. For me, it's like a, a consciousness exploring validation. So I want to specifically ask you, does he talk with other people in his privates or with Sue about the Pleiades connection that he has? What's your understanding of that? Because he brought that up right away with me. And I know that part of different people's sensory perception is experiencing the experience. So my scientific question is, I'm wondering if he, when he's working with different people in their consciousness, if he matches people's energy where their soul energy is ready to be aware and hear and not push it too far? I mean, what's, can you weigh in on that? 
when I have to be honest, I don't know much about his connection with the Pleiades, but now in our next little private that Sue and I do, I'm going to have her ask him about that. He's wow. He yeah yeah he's always wow. talking about his, his. Go ahead. Were you going to no, say? I something? just need to say wow one more time <laughs> because in the very beginning. And by the way, I'm going to give you and Sue permission to listen to my private with Abram because I know it's confidential. Oh, and okay. you yeah, we can yeah, decide yeah. No when you want to listen to it when it makes sense because okay. we're we're everyone in interviewing Tom today. I'm also in my own like open-mindedness, curiosity of sensory perception, awareness, the why, always questioning. So I find I'm going, wow, because I would have thought after all these 50 years that that Pleiades would have come up. So I'm just wondering from a sensory perception, when you're around someone that has the ability to connect on an energy level, the way Abram does, right? How that works with each energy sentient being. Because when yeah. I wrote a spiritual mission statement in 2015, um, August 18, 2015, I wrote a spiritual or energy mission statement about asking what I believe the universe, love, energy to help me to connect and attract with what I called love all kind. And I capitalized it and I kept it in a very open ended all sentient beings, race, gender, sexuality, uh, animals, beings from multiverses, energy. And so I feel like my meeting Abram, meeting you, meeting Sue right now, just interviewing Wendy, it's like a very sacred time. So I just want to say thank you in advance for any more you're going to share on this show, but thank you in advance for all the exploration. Because I feel like I want anyone listening, if you're on your own journey of what is the universe, what's energy, who do I trust, which doctor do I go to, do I go to a medium, do I do this? I feel like you really have all your answers within yourself, but staying open and curious is the most important. What are your thoughts? I think, and Abram always tells people, you have all knowledge within you. Yes. Because, you know, once in a while people will say, well, you know, I want to go back to school and I want to become this and I want to become that. And he'll say, don't want to be because you will keep it away from you because you will always want to be it. So what you need to do is be it now and imagine that you are it because you have everything inside of you that you need to be it. And of course, people need to go to school to learn different things. I mean, I had to go to massage school when I became a massage therapist. But according to Abram, we have everything we need inside of us. So don't give your power away to a school or a religion or something like that. Always check within yourself because you kind of know everything about yourself and your reality. That's what I have to say about that. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for Abram's energy, but the Tom plus Abram and all the delineation, can you give everyone a window? They're going to see your bio, but can you give a window into your evolution? Once you started getting your ego out of the way, people working with Abram, 
some of the things that you've accomplished in the para parapsychology field, the music field, and just give us a bit more of an extensive bio of the tangibles of what you, Tom Masari, have accomplished in this lifetime. Yeah, I've, I've been in a number of bands. My first band was in Chicago. We were Chicago's number one band for five years. We had a couple of records out, 45s out on the market. We did a couple of sh uh, small tours and um, broke up because the bass player, Joe, wanted to go into acting. So he went into acting and um, the guitar player, Neil, did something else. And I found myself in another band and moved to L.A. So pretty much my life has been about music. And then when the channeling happened, my music stopped. And oh, then, wow. Yeah. And then Abram told me, don't worry about it because there's going to be a time when you're going to be able to do both together at the same time, which is what I'm doing now. And it's been this, this way for a number of years, which is good. Um, you know, I've, I've played drums. I, I play a little guitar. I played other instruments as well. I have my recording studio in my home and I have been writing music that using all orchestral instruments, all strings and double bass and, you know, violins and cellos and things like that. So my music has changed from rock and roll with drums and bass and wailing guitars and organs to more, I don't want to call it classical because it's not classical, but it's, I guess, my version of almost being classical. You know, that's, that's how I would have to describe it. With the channeling, um, I've done a lot. I've, I've done a lot of shows in LA, um, Disney Epcot magazine. I was on news, news stations interviewed by news reporters in LA. I've, I've done radio. Abram has been on the radio. So I've done, um, and Abram has spoken at the major, um, what do you call them? The major um, expos that were in LA and San Francisco. So I've, you know, I've done a lot, um, but there is still so much more to do. And I think yes. the more that there is to do is going to come when I let Abram be more of Abram. Because Sue and I talk about this all the time. There's more to him that we think, more to him that we've heard so far. So I need to let him be more of him, which is, again, practicing to get out of the way. I mean, this is a lifelong process, practicing to get out of the way. So the more I can still do that, and I'm not in the way at all, but the more I can get way out of the way, the more he can be more of what he's all about, which is what I'm looking forward to. Well, I'm actually just thinking, I'm here experiencing our interview in this moment and now, and then I'm also flying over it. So my sensory perception is like, I'm here talking with you, but then there's another part of me that's watching it and super excited. <laughs> and then there's also this reverence because this book 
the, the, we have got so much to talk about. I just feel like for anyone listening, getting to meet you the first time, it's like, I want them to go and click on your links and get to know you. And yeah. I'm wondering with the art of reclaiming your intention and power, this just came to me in real time. And just looking at the time of our interview and what the human attention span is, <laughs> it's like you want to get excited <laughs> about things, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I feel like the art of reclaiming your intention and power, according to Abram, the Mayan shaman by Tom and Sue Masari, I feel like that could be a second interview we do in the next month where we invite Sue and we then decide uh, if we want to invite Abram and we really celebrate this book. And I know you've got another book that was just, I feel like your body of work and the magnitude of the energy of each. And I feel like everyone should treat their lives like this, that sometimes when you're enjoying something, you want to just be in it and feel it and experience it. It's almost diluting it to do too much too quickly because sometimes you yeah. don't enjoy it as much. It's like I, I got probably seven times ago, I go in my car I call it the chariot. I travel from Manhattan beach to Pacific Palisades to do creative endeavors with Beverly. And I create a very, as uh, in the book, the elusiveness, the word elusiveness is that's in conversations with the alien, this idea of the possibilities that, you know, Abram talks about of what can we attract? And yeah. I got the words, enjoy the process. I'm going to yeah. say it two more times enjoy the process one more time enjoy the process and when we're enjoying the process we're more in the being in imaginative state so i feel like let me let you weigh in do you want to give teasers about each of the books that are in the bio and then do and then you and i like unfold the next step of having you back interviewing with sue and do you like that idea or do well, how do you want this to be we're here co-creating um Conversations with an alien. I can say that I was living in Arizona in 1997 and I was um, just outside relaxing one summer night on my patio with my dogs. And all of a sudden, scenes of a scientist and an alien talking face to face, having discussions, scenes were playing through my mind rather quickly. So I thought this would make a good movie. So I went in the house and I got paper and a pencil and started writing all this down. And I couldn't keep up with it. I, I, it was just going too fast for me to keep up with. So I started typing it on my computer. And of course, I'm not a typist. So I had to develop my own style of typing. And I was just about able to keep up with him. Uh, with both of them, actually. And I started actually hearing their words in my head. So I just did my best to keep up with them. I worked on it for probably about a year and a half, maybe. And I was finished with nine and one half conversations. And then I put the book down for like 21 years. Didn't go back to it at all. And here in Florida last year, I looked at the book in my studio and I thought, I'm going to read it and see what, you know, what's in the book. So I got all excited about it because the stuff is really good. And I finished up chapter 10, which meant I was able to do more automatic writing. 
And by the way, I've tried that a few times in my life and I could never do automatic writing, but I happen to do it with this book. So this book, it's about, they talk about the time shift that the aliens went into, how they lost their emotions. They talk about alien abductions, how their craft work, time travel, how aliens bend time. They talk about reality. They talk about creating a third time experience, how our bodies will change as we evolve, will we'll be becoming what they are now, because supposedly they are the future us. This is what everyone is saying. They are the future us. So this is, they are what we will be in the future. Let me put it that way. And he talks about, the alien talks about sleep paralysis, how our universe began, talks about the brain and the soul and the mind, the unconscious mind. It is, I've read it three times now. I've just started my fourth time reading it because every time I read it, I think, man, <laughs> I don't know how I came up with this stuff because this is certainly not me talking all of this stuff or spouting the stuff out. And this is some, this is some good stuff. I mean, I have to well, toot my I, horn a little bit. Well, I want to weigh in and say that I opened up what I call the sacred vortex of reading the art of reclaiming your intention and power. And then specifically the conversations with an alien. I did this specifically during my trip to Maui. And yeah, I have yeah. a very special energy connection with Maui. And I, right when the plane took off, just like when my car leaves my driveway to go to the Palisades, I knew intuitively that, cause I'd already had my meeting with Abram and I knew I needed to do more scientific exploration before I spoke to you on the phone. Yeah. And so I have all the notes and so much of what the one, the book with Abram is very much parallel process to a lot of my content of how I understand, but then the conversations with the alien book, I've read it twice. I'm about to read it the third time is, is, and was, and will continue to be. And I'm going to say past, present and future mind blowing and mind blowing in such a way, the human part of the way I understand sensory perception needs to reread things because I, the words of every word carries so much meaning. So the human part of me integrating, I, I like have to do it in like, I have to, I can't sit down and read all 10 conversations at once, even just getting through one conversation. Cause they're so evolved, but then my, what I'm going to call, I call it the love all kind I've been using instead of the word alien. And I know we're on earth. We need to use the word alien too, but I like to say, AK, the a, my AK part of my DNA my all kind part of my DNA that I believe is sensory perception connected to all that there is in consciousness understands conversations with an alien in a much faster way that just gets it. In fact, when I even think about how I grab intuition or how I have sensory perception of clear knowing that, that it's literally there, maybe you and I can do a little bit of a teaser for the book when there's like time experience one time experience two, and then opening up a conscious portal to, to time experience three, like in a hologram way. When I read that, I don't know about you, but like, it's almost like you'd be playing music like, oh, 
oh, like, oh, my, like, oh my gosh, it's like something out of Star Trek where like, I'm like, oh my God, it all makes sense because the way it's written validates different sensory perceptions I'm having in this lifetime, possibly others. And the whole reason why I even came up with neurostyle that we all process and perceive things in our own unique way. And it's multidimensional. And so the way conversations of the alien is done in such an intellectual, curious way where the scientist is asking the alien questions and the way the alien even says, well, I don't have a name and even why they don't have a name to me is just, it's like its own absolute masterclass in the universe. Yeah, I still, you know, as I reread this <laughs> over and over again, I still am really surprised that I received this information because in the morning, Jack, our dog, gets us up very, 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 very early in the morning to go outside. So Sue and I have our coffee outside and I bring along a cigar and I smoke my morning cigar outside. And we, we, we look at things on YouTube. This is how I get my news on YouTube. I don't watch news stations and I don't listen on the radio to news. But she would be reading the book and she would, she would have to stop me and read to me from the book and say, this just makes so much sense. It's amazing. Yes. And as I read it, I have to think, how did I get all this information? I'm a yes. kid from Chicago. How, how did this happen? Yes. So you have humbled gratitude. And I think I asked you a question. It's automatic writing. So for people with sensory perception, I've done automatic writing, but each of us have our own unique sensory perception of what automatic writing is going to look like to us. And you mentioned this wasn't normally something you do. And then I asked you the question off show that I'm going to ask you on. What is your perception of who wrote the book? The, what uh, beingness wrote this book? I mean, you physically wrote it as Tom, but what state of sensory perception when you were doing automatic writing and who are the beings in the book? Or, is that, or should we not give that away? Should we just wait to discuss that another time? <laughs> well, I'm still not sure. Abram has given us hints. I'm still not sure, but I think that it was Abram and an actual alien or one of the all kinds who brought the information to me so I could write it down or type it out or whatever. So I think Abram had a lot to do with this book. Well, it's so interesting because the Pleiades connection that now I'm, I'm kind of blown away here that, that this is new news for you. So I'm still like this consciousness explorer. So a couple things. I am this type of interview for me is what I call, and people have heard me say it, a kiss on the cheek from the universe. <laughs> I'm like, mwah, 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 mwah. like, because I'm like, no, 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 no. I get to interview Tom today. No, 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 no. I get to talk about other beings. No, 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 no. I get to say all kind, AK. And, I, and I'm fine. We The word alien and the way there's the movie Aliens, yeah, um, a yeah. lot of the way, maybe this would be a good wrap-up discussion with you and I, so much of the feeling state on planet Earth right now is the emotion of fear. 
Yeah. And to oh, me, yeah. Yeah. The word conversations with an alien, depending on your sensory perception and where you're at, usually the word alien from a lot of humans, the way the media has done things, has created a sense of fear. Yeah. Yeah. And when I wrote yeah. that statement, uh, August 18, 2015, about love all kind, I saw it as don't be afraid that there's, there's my, my understanding then was that it's multiverses, lots of energy. I've got to think even beyond what the human mind can think. So in saying AKs and the conversations with an alien, can you weigh in on the feeling states of fear, excitement, getting out of the ego and what that means to you as Tom in working with Abram and working with your clients? Yeah. He talks a lot about how people are under a lot of fear and confusion because of what the government is doing and, and what's going on in society. Uh, there's a lot of craziness going on right now. A lot of things are changing and people don't know what to do with it. So they create fear for themselves and confusion and they don't know how to fix things. But, you know, Abrams, Abram always says, if you want a different reality, imagine your reality exactly the way you want it to be. And he advises people, don't watch news, don't listen to news, stay off of social media and just calm yourself down and calm your life down. These are the best things that people can do. But I mean, I, you know, I see in people, I see a lot of fear and a lot of confusion. Yes. You know, and it, that's for them to figure out how to deal with it. I deal with it in my own way. I don't pay a lot of attention to what is going on anymore because I stopped watching the news and listening to it on the radio. So I'm kind of like this, this guy who is uninformed, but <laughs> happy to be <laughs> uninformed because I don't need the fear and the control that you know everybody's experiencing in my life. I don't need it. So a couple things. One, this is just kind of funny. My father, John, who is not here on the earth plane, he always loved a good cigar. So I know, yeah. and my dad, my dad was a Cubs fan. And he grew up in Chicago. He went to St. Mel's. So I also feel like one of the other things that's so exciting about this um, time with you is just hearing your routine of your cigar, like the simple pleasures, which <laughs> like makes me feel like even any of these discussions are like so calming and like earth-like. So that feels yeah. really nice for me when I think about like you and a stogie, right? Because my dad, my mom, my mom used to, like that was one of the gifts we would get my dad. He had like a cigar club he belonged to yeah. and he would yeah. get a box and you would think he like was like a little kid receiving like a gift. So I just want to say that kind of creature comforts of earth stuff. And then what you just said about the news, um, the quantum space that I've developed three years ago is called Ascension Media and ascensionmedia.love. And I now have the DBA that I got approved May 1st. Love All Kind is another name for Ascension Media. So I've integrated concepts of leaning into love, leaning into changing feeling states into greater awareness, self-love and altruism and knowing that life is a series of crisis stabilizations and thrives. So I feel like you're meeting you 
meeting Sue, meeting Abram at this time epoch, when all of that was in a linear world for me coming together and integrating is another what I call, well, not what I call, what many people in your in the line of work of quantum understanding of the universe is super synchronicities. Yeah. And we all yeah. have access to super synchronicities. And I almost didn't even want the word media in ascensionmedia.love, but we're still in the earth playing field. If I'm trying to use the gifts I have to help people guide themselves back to their own self and their own answers and their own self-love, which is what Abram does. I've been very strategic, Tom, of using certain words. And by the way, I haven't opened up a bank account. I have an actual corporation and that's been in the linear, but I wanted to attract the right energy beings to work with before yeah, I opened yeah. up a bank account because the so much of planet earth, we do have to have food, shelter, clothing. There's nothing wrong with having money. But my understanding is that the other, the, my understanding at this moment of now is that the highest vibrational frequency in the universe is love. And when we lead with heart energy, we lead with truth, we lead with integrity and we lead with service first that's where all the magic happens. So that's why this interview with you is magic to me. It's I'm grateful. I'm humbled. Thank you. Thank you. I think um, if more people would function with truth and integrity, I think this would be a nice place to live. Nicer. Yes. I agree. I'm smiling. So, <laughs> And, you know, Abram always tells people truth changes with every action you take and every thought you have. So truth is always changing. It doesn't stay the same. It's always changing. And, you know, you have integrity right now. All you have to do is look for it and you'll find it. But most people don't know that they have integrity, so they don't know to look for it. And they don't know what truth is because they're so caught up in who's going to run for president and is he going to be good? And this is what the government wants you to eat and wear and when to go to sleep and what to drive and what not to do. It's all about control. It's, it's gotten to be all about control. And, you know, Abram tells people how to get out of being controlled, which is, I think, probably the greatest gift that he can give anybody at this time. Yes. And now that you just said that, I'm doing scientific method and just, hold on, let me. You know what? I really feel like what you just said is exactly, I'm going to just read. I opened up a page in the book that we, I would love to have you and Sue back on page 121. Uh, uh. Now, being you are in the present reality you are always connected to and with every dimension of your reality in your reality and about your reality. You are also always connected to all of your lifetimes, past, present, and future. Yeah. And what yeah. I love about that is prior to meeting you and having my, I'm going to call it my own cosmic lounge Starbucks meeting with Abram. He and I were like old friends energetically and I've been signing things with people past, present, and future because the only moment we have is now. And what's so powerful in the art of reclaiming your intention and power 
as well as in conversations with an alien, is concepts of time, reality, elusiveness, openness, imagination, creative opportunities. So yeah. whatever that yeah. means, I want to invite everyone in their own unique neuro style of sensory perception to start imagining beyond what you can see and imagining unlimited possibilities. Because that to me is when you, you start having even greater truth and greater integrity and greater in, in integrity. Yeah. 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 I agree with all of that. I believe in all of that too. Well, before we wrap up and find out more about you, can you give us a window into what a week's like for you right now as Tom, Tom and Sue, grandkids, channeling? What's a typical week for you? And you live in Florida right now, right? I'm in Florida because when Sue came out to Arizona and stayed for five months and the third day there, we were looking for a house to buy and we were getting settled in, but we couldn't find a house. So at the end of five months, she said, you know what? I have to go back to Florida because my, my family is there. I have everything there. And at the time, she was a casual worker for FedEx. And she said, I have to get back to my job. I said, okay, so I'll sell all my stuff and I'll move out there with you. Um, she is and has been working every day for the good part of the day on her book, and I keep, I keep telling her, I can't believe you're this good of a writer. I never knew that about you. Hmm. I never knew she was a writer. But her book is really good. It should be done within a couple of months. She was working on that all day long. Um, my typical week is, you know, we get up with the dog at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, go outside, have our coffee, and it starts. So I have been doing private sessions four to five days a week for the past few weeks. And it looks like it's going to be for the next few weeks also. Um, and when I'm not doing a private, I work a lot of my time on music, writing more music. So that's, you know, basically our week and our day. And of course, Jack runs everything, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog is Jack? It's Jack is a 160 pound chocolate Great Dane. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I want you to send me a picture. I've had um, Newfoundlands before, Boomer. Oh yeah. And he yeah. was, he got up close to 200, but then he had to go on a doggy diet. We got him to yeah. 180. So I'm a big yeah. dog person too. So good. Well, I just want to say thank you. And also how can, first of all, hand on my heart, not just thank you, like, thank you for the time off show. Thank you for today. Thank you for any future past, present, future collaborations. But how can everyone find you and how can everyone, um, what, what's the process of possibly working with you? They can, I, I'm working with several people with their abilities. One girl is developing her channeling. Another girl is developing her um, clairvoyance and healing and another girl is working with Abram simply to understand more about energy so she can work with energy because she's a yoga instructor and she does sound baths and healing energetic healing so I'm doing that and um, people also the private sessions one-on-one -on -one, 
people, if they want to get a hold of me, they can go to Abram's website, which is www.abramchanneling.net. And Abram is spelled A-B-R-A-M. So it's abramchanneling.net. And they can read more about Abram. They can read more about me, how I work, what I've done in the past, and what we're doing now. And they can check out videos that Sue and I have been putting up on YouTube, which has been a lot of fun for us. And, you know, that's that's about the best way to get a hold of me if they want to get a hold of me or ask me questions or whatever. Fantastic. That's, that's, what, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Fantastic. So I would like to, when we do another show, whenever and however that happens, I want to make sure we get to listen to some of your music and honor that. And thank you for our time today. And everyone, you know, just be on your own creative journey and have a blast. Have lots of fun. Would you agree, Tom? Yeah, because I've always said, if it's not fun, don't do it. And Abram (laughs) says, the reason why you're here is to play and to create. Oh my God. Life is a game. Play everything as a game. And if you don't like how things are going, since you wrote the rules of the game, change the rules of the game and make it fun. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Abram. Thank you, all of everyone listening. And um, check out everything that Tom Asari is doing, past, present, and future. And thank you, Tom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you.